Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Big Little Life with the Dashleys with Dallin and Ashley. You guys, today we are chatting with Jared and Shelly of the Crazy Middles YouTube channel and Facebook page. You guys, they are all about adoption and foster care. We're also joined with Crystal and Aaron of the Crazy Pieces YouTube and Facebook page. Shelly and Crystal are sisters and together both of their YouTube channels are all about their family, their vlogs, and particularly about adoption and foster care. Man, they have so many inspiring stories of bringing sibling groups together, of just helping these kids find a home, seeing the light turn on in their eyes, and you are in for a real treat for this conversation we had with them. They're both from Arizona. Crazy Middles has 20 kids in total, and Crazy Pieces has 10 kids. So without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with Jared and Shelly and Crystal and Aaron. What's up, Dashley family? Welcome to our Verbo that we're at down in St. George. And we're so excited that you can be here with Jared and Shelly of the Crazy Middles podcast and Crystal and Aaron of the Crazy Pieces podcast. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Ashley, like, watches so many of your, like, we both see your videos. Ashley, like, knows so many things about let's, you and has so many questions let's get real dallin didn't know who you were until i was like at cvx and i was like oh my gosh they're here when we i watched your video when you're like we're going to cvx and that's when and then i hunted for you the whole time and i finally found you at the after party and oh, you I'm were so like glad you did everyone else i had met so many youtubers before you guys at cvx and i had accidentally invited them all to come and play in my bounce house in my basement because <laughs> I, just, I just got nervous and started spouting off weird things and i have a bounce house in my basement you could you should bring your kids over <laughs> and they were all like okay bye <laughs> but i was like fun i know yeah i know you guys would have been like oh sure <laughs> totally we're so excited to have you guys here though we Dallin, well, I watch you all the time and I've been so intrigued by your story and we're going to get into it really quickly. Um, you guys have large families. That's kind of the premise of your YouTube channel. And it's, it's more than just a large family. You've, I don't even, I don't know how to say it the right way, but you've made this beautiful family, um, through the foster care system and through your own biological children and you've done so much good in the world and just done so much good for these kids. And I know I've watched your channel that you would say they've done so much good for us. And I just want to dive in and hear your story. And we want to hear your advice to any parents who are looking into the foster care system to grow their family and just hear all of the good news. And your parenting tips, because you've done it so many times. Yeah, we still have, <laughs> we opened up an Instagram question poll majigger when we had Oakley Peterson on from nothing down about it. And we had so many questions on parenting that we wanted to throw some of them at you. So that'll be kind of towards the end. We wanted to just start and ask you guys, we'll start with Shelly and Jared. How did, how did you meet? Like when did this all happen? What's your guys' story? We actually met online. <laughs> so nice. we did. Um, we met online and we went on our first date and uh, we actually talked about adoption on our first date. Wow. Uh, I mean, I was 31 years old already, and she was just behind me on that. And, um, you know, I mean, it's a little bit later in life, so it's like, and we both wanted to have a lot of kids. Not like a lot, a lot, but. Did you imagine, like, how many you have total right now? We have 20 right now. Did you imagine the number 20? No. What's a, what <laughs> no, was a lot we of kids back maybe then? maybe four or five, and that was it. <laughs> oh, man. So, and she already had one from her previous marriage. So we had our son and uh, obviously after we got married and um, 
it was great, but we, we had 13 years between these two kids. So we wanted to adopt in the middle. I see. Now we didn't look at foster care. Okay. We didn't. We just wanted to adopt. In fact, we were looking at a state. We were looking all over the place. Um, we didn't really go international though. But um, it turns out in Arizona, which is where we're from, to be licensed for adoption is the same for foster care. So we went to the classes and started the process. And I think we were the only ones there that were for just adoption. Yeah, we were. We were. And... Um, it turns out through that 10-week course that you take, we felt, you know, maybe it really is the way to go through foster care. In fact, a lot of foster parents told us that is the way to go. Well, we had a foster, um, our licensing agency came out and said that what happens if you adopt and then it's not a good fit. Like foster care would be better because then they're in your home and then you know if it's a fit for your family. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and let me tell you, we did have a couple of experiences where we took in foster kids and they were not a good fit. Huh. They really weren't. Um, whether it be their previous life experience or trauma or whatnot, it didn't really fit in our family. Now, that doesn't mean that you just reject them, but you get them the help that they need and, and whatnot. But um, it's definitely worth it. If you're thinking about adoption at all in general, I would definitely look into foster care as the way to go. Oh, wow. I'm curious to know. Um, so it sounds like you have, before the first date, you had both been thinking about this. Is that right? Like what, yeah, uh, what made you um, so open to the idea or to have adoption to, to the point that you wanted to talk about on your first date? Um, I would, on my previous marriage, I was going through classes and I got all the way to the end and we got a little girl, a call for a little girl, and then he changed his mind. And so it was always there. Um, but what made me want to do adoption, and Crystal can jump in on this story because it's her story too, is um, she had um, a friend over and it was around Christmas time. And I think you were still in high school. Yeah, we were like 15, 16-ish. And he was just a really good friend from school. Yeah. And we were going around and talking about everything we wanted for Christmas and different things. And he was really silent. And when we asked him at the end, we said, uh, well, what do you want for Christmas? You haven't said anything. He said, there's nothing that I could get for Christmas that would mean more to me than um, having my family this year. And he was a, had just got adopted from foster care. And just his story, he talked a little bit more, but just his story really touched us. And Crystal and I knew at that moment that we wanted to do this. We wanted to do foster care too. Yeah. Shelly and I both looked at each other and we were just like, oh, we're so doing foster care because to see how genuine he was and all he wanted in this entire earth was to have a forever family. And the second that he got it, he was just the happiest. Yeah. There was nothing else he could have got for Christmas. Yeah. So. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. So. Huh. And then, so Crystal and Aaron are also here. We introduced them a second ago. What? So Crystal and Shelly are sisters, right? Yes. yes. You're, are you older? I'm, yeah, I'm older. I'm actually like eight years older. Eight years yeah. older. Okay. So Shelly and Aaron, how did you guys meet? Crystal and Aaron. Oh, Crystal and Aaron. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so no sorry. So we actually met at a really young age. I was a hostess at a restaurant and he was come in in his bachelor days and eat out every day <laughs> three so, times a day three times a day you had your sights set 
<laughs> I was going in for just a meal and I didn't anticipate, you know, meeting the woman of my dreams. And oh, yeah. so you didn't know she was there when you're going three times a day. Yet. Well, I, no, because I was going with um, some friends and then she started working there after I was already visiting this establishment like three times a day. <laughs> oh, OK. And so it, it's yeah, it was just. So yeah. what happened next? <laughs> so actually his friend asked me out first. <laughs> he called her. And we went on a big group date with my friends and his friends. And his friend and I didn't really hit it off. So he was like, can I ask her on a date? So he asked me out on a date. Um, and we went out on Valentine's Day. And yeah, the rest after that just all fell into place. Yep. Beautiful. I want to know uh, what restaurant it was. Five and Diner. Yeah. Is it I was wearing a poodle skirt. That's how crazy. There you go. That did it in. We have a picture of it somewhere. We'll no, try we to don't. post it online. <laughs> go follow you him haven't on shown Instagram. that on your channel yet. Oh no, man! So how long did you before, like from when you met till when you got married? So we dated for about a year and a half before getting married. And I actually got, we got married the day before my 18th birthday. So I oh was my goodness. so That's young. young. Yeah. And he always said that he wanted two kids and I always wanted four. That's like, that's Dallin and I, I was always the two kid person. Yeah. And then he was like four five, maybe six. And <laughs> I literally cried the day he told me that. <laughs> but now I'm like. I'm the one sometimes. I think like, we're, I don't we're know settling if we're ever on, complete. We're settling on probably maybe three. We'll decide about that in a few years from now, but right now two. But isn't that <laughs> like every kid where you're like, maybe this is the last one. And then, yeah, it, it doesn't stop. A couple years past. I've been saying that since three. So <laughs> yeah. you're at 11 now. You guys are 11. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So tell us how, like how it happened with your family. How, like so, the. The, how the children came in? Was it biological children? Is it? So we had two biological children. Um, and then we decided on three because we were in the middle of two and four. And um, we tried to get pregnant with our third and couldn't. So we went on the IVF journey. Um, it took almost two years to get pregnant. Finally got pregnant, was so excited. And then it unfortunately ended in a miscarriage. So at that part, we, I was really devastated and Aaron actually came to me and said, you know, why don't we look into foster care and adoption? And of course I was like, this is like my lifelong dream to want to do that. So yes, absolutely. Had Shelly already, um, have, had Shelly and Jared already had some. Yeah, something? I had just started. We oh, okay. Had, so did you uh, help her out with that? that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was probably an influence there or like you, we asked her a lot of questions probably. Yeah, she can definitely walk us through like the process yeah. and the classes. And so it was nice to be able to bounce things off of her and kind of, she was already going down that journey. So it was an easy step for us to take. Yeah. And then. So that, that made three. And then you were like, huh, I think I want seven wait, more. You, well, no, so we only had the two yeah. and then we started on, the Dallin. foster care classes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and right when we were in the middle of the classes, we found out we were pregnant and oh, wow. yeah, without any IVF or anything. So I feel like that's how it happens when you don't try, then it just falls into place. But we still decided that we wanted to do foster care and adoption. And that was the journey we were meant to be on. Yeah. So we continued. We actually got our first foster child two months before my due date. Wow. And so we went from two kids to like six kids within a couple month period. Was it a sibling group? It was a, no, it was not. Well, no, we had three siblings and then we ended up getting one that was not a sibling. And how old were they? They were two, three and five. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So they were pretty Within young. Within just a few months. And then we had a newborn like shortly after that. So it was kind of a crazy journey, but I feel like it was surreal. Like it all just fell into place. And then we ended up with 11 kids somehow. So we always joke that <laughs> he wanted two, I wanted four. So we settled on 11. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That math makes sense. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Big Little Life with the Dashleys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, I know I'm a, I mean, people listening, I'm a total fangirl. I watch all your videos. So I kind of know more about you guys than I normally know about guests on our podcast. I know you guys have a special place in your heart for sibling groups. And I know being someone who's never fo done foster care or adopted a baby, just, I'm just a normal girl who's had two kids. The thought of bringing in more than one baby or more than one child into my family seems so, so daunting. And I just love to hear kind of how you came to that. I think it's beautiful. I think it's one of the most beautiful things you could ever do to to keep a family of kids together who only have each other. Um, so just tell us your experience with that. So we, um, we were open to sibling groups from the beginning, but we, and they told us that our first placement would be no more than two. We were only licensed for two, but then they gave us three. And the third was a newborn baby. It, so we had a newborn baby, a- One and a half and three. One and a half and a three-year-old. And just seeing how they were so bonded together, even though they were so small. And right before we got them, we know that they were planning on splitting them up. So we thought, thank goodness they got placed with us instead. And then um, it just kind of happened that that became our passion is we would not take in um, any foster kids unless they were siblings. And so our next one, they ended up going back to their mom and then our next one, they um, were going to split up. They called us for one teenage boy and we said, sorry, we're only doing siblings. And then they called back a few minutes ago and or a few minutes after that and said, um, that they had both the sisters too, and that it was a sibling group that they, they were splitting up. And so we ended up taking them in and then adopting them. And so from then on out, we just did sibling groups and just that, that we loved it. Not, not only that, but after our first adoption, we actually thought we were done because we right. had five kids. We had our son Landon and our, our oldest daughter and they were right in the middle. They were the perfect family. We, we thought were we were done. done. Yeah. And then they called us and they said, hey, you just had an adoption. You have three more openings. 
So, <laughs> and we know you have a big house, so we need to put three more kids in your house. Wow. It's kind of like when people figure out you have O negative blood. Right. Yeah. Like, like Dell and I, we get calls back. all the time. And <laughs> We're both have O negative blood. Type. How do you say no? Oh, and wow. <laughs> so they're like, they know that you guys are willing to adopt these groups and they keep calling you back. Is that right? Yes. We wow. got a little sneaky after that. Well, I should say Shelly did because we, well, you didn't get that on, sneaky. because She got <laughs> sneaky because she started searching them out. She was searching out separated sibling groups that were already in foster care. It's and like reverse family in. history. Yeah, almost. we would actually go into group homes um, and just find one and then find where all their siblings were in all the different group homes and then have them brought over to our house. So that's how it started. Unfortunately, when it comes to foster care, they don't, the caseworkers, why they should want to keep sibling sets together and want to keep that that family bond they don't and there's so few foster families that they're like okay just if we can place one here and one there and one wherever then that's what they do and the kids already lost their family their home their everything and then to lose their siblings on top of it is really heartbreaking I think one of the biggest things, so when we first started foster care, Crystal and I, the first year, the year that we got licensed, there was um, something like 40,000 kids in the state of Arizona in the foster care system, but there was literally only 20,000 foster care placement homes available. So literally the first year that we were doing it, kids would come into care and immediately be put into shelters. So while I think the caseworkers wanted to keep siblings together, it just wasn't an option. There just wasn't enough places places to put kids. So that's why it, for me, it's huge that I, I speak about foster care and I try to push because I think every state is in that is in that place where they need more foster parents and there just isn't enough. And it's so hard. Like if Dallin and I were to, to start, we wouldn't, we would go in saying, I think we could do just one more. And I think that's what so many people kind of go in saying, that's oh, we could, we could do one more kind of. So that's really, that's so, and I don't think a lot of people go in thinking, if I only do one more, I'll be splitting up a sibling group. It's not something, I don't, and I don't think, do they even tell you if, like, if they want to place a kid with you, do they say, oh, you could also take their three sisters or their... Sometimes they do. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Yeah. Man. A lot of times, like I know in Arizona, when you get licensed, you actually choose the age group that you're taking and the sex of the children that you're willing to take. So a lot of times you'll be licensed and you're saying, I only want children or girls under five years old. Uh -huh. Well, you'll get the girl under five years old and never realize they have a 10 year old brother and a 12 year old sister. Right. A, you guys are like sibling that's 15 like unicorns in the foster care system who just say oh no we don't just want one we want all of them no matter what their age no matter what their gender and one thing that that i know we would love to share shelly and i is th there's this almost negative stigma that teenagers are much harder which is so not true um foster kids that are teenagers can be easier actually yeah <laughs> um <laughs> It's so true. Very much so. Because me and I've never looked into it that much, but I would be inclined to believe that it would be more difficult, you know? That's what we thought up front. That's why we only took in the little ones, the little, you know, when newborns and one-year-old and a three-year-old, because we had, Landon was probably four. Two. He was two. Was he two? Yeah. We, I know we wanted to try to stay younger, so like he wouldn't, you know, we would protect him is what we thought. Mm -hmm. And that first sibling group, 
Um, <laughs> he learned a lot of new words. Yes. Oh, dear. From the one-year-old. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. So oh, that's so when sad. we knew, like, okay, if, if you know, a one-year-old is going to teach our son this, it wouldn't matter if we took in teens or... Yeah. So then we opened it up after that. Man, so, like, the thing that comes to my mind is, is like, like Ashley said, how daunting it would be. Part of it is, like, the financial aspect of it. And, like, can you talk about that, if that put a strain on either of of your guys's uh like lives and your marriages or did you receive assistance for that or were you prepared for that like did that how does that work well as a licensed foster parent the state does cover some expenses um it's it's kind of like a reimbursement sort of um and it's per foster child would you say it's enough um it's never enough i mean being a foster parent is more a labor of love yeah True, truly a labor of love. I can tell Does that's why help? you guys, I just yes. feel the love coming from you guys. You're like, I've been wanting to say this. I want to get this out there. Like, don't be afraid. Like you guys have so much love in your hearts for this. And it's just so admirable. Well, there was a point at, uh, normally in Arizona, you can have up to five foster children and that's it. And you, you receive a subsidy for that and whatnot. But there was a point in our home, cause we had such a large home. We had five kids of our own that were our kids and adopted kids plus five foster kids plus five emergency placement children that oh. were not technically licensed for, not paid for, but they were not part even of the paid sibling for? group. No, oh, man. but we still took them in because they were part of the sibling group and they needed a home. Yeah. So it's not about the money. So it, did that it put never like, was. so you, you obviously were prepared enough to, that it didn't like, didn't uh, cause too big of a problem, right? No, no, not at all. That's the, that's it's awesome. all about budgeting with a yeah. large family like yeah. that for sure. I feel like it's kind of like I was a kindergarten teacher in a low income, like ESOL area. And it's like they pay you to do it, but they don't pay you everything to do it. And if you want to do a really good job and if you want to really love your kids and really teach them as a teacher, you have to give more than what they pay you essentially. And I'm guessing that's very much like how are you going to say no if like if I had a little kindergartner come up and say I'm hungry I haven't eaten I'm going to go to the store and buy like lunchables or granola bars I, I absolutely it's I a very similar it's a very situation. similar situation I I get like where your heart is in that and I I like I feel like to a, a a piece of me has felt kind of that just being in a kind of like a school is a federal a state-run institution like it's underfunded it's understaffed I'm guessing foster care system is very similar to that. Very similar. And most of the time when the children come, they don't have any clothes. They don't have the right shoe size. They don't have really anything. So you have to go out and I mean, it's kind of fun to go out and go shopping. What are, and tips? <laughs> what are your tips? They well, shop at Ross. They're Ross. They're we the love Ross. And yeah. We do love Ross. <laughs> cool. We absolutely do. What so, else? Well, we actually got, the saddest one for us is we got a teenager that was in a trash bag that oh came to gosh. our door. And what happens is when they stop the parents for drugs, they take their clothes as evidence. And I, we never got a foster kid that ever had the right size of clothes on or anything. So Crystal and I started a foundation that was called Love for Foster Children, where Home Depot would come in and build out all the closets in the DCS's, DCS offices. And then we were able to just pack them full with everything that they needed, clothes, blankets, everything. So, And you got that from donations? And we just got it from donations, that yeah. so great. Yeah, it worked out really well, so. Wow. I have a question. Dallin and I, so we have like a YouTube channel and we try and do like something nice every Christmas for the community. 
And we've thought about places like Salt Lake City has the Christmas box house where it's emergency placements are taken there. Um, and I know there's places like that everywhere. What would you guys suggest is a place that's like, is there somewhere like that people all around the country could go to, to, to help out? Like, where would they send something? Is it like DCFS? Is it, do you, is that even, an, is there sure, even an answer to I that? I know it's like state. I know every state is run a little bit differently. So and there state. are, yeah. yeah, foster care foundations in every state. But I don't think there is one like nationwide necessarily. Okay. But definitely whatever state you're in, um, look up foster care foundations and they will come up. And, and there's a big need for help in those areas. Sometimes it's even more specific than that. Um, a lot of the... The um, foundations that exist in the Phoenix area don't exist where we live now. So oh, right. it's really specific to your area, but you can find them. A lot of times your licensing agency will know about them. The um, state workers with DCS or whatever the acronym is for the state agency, they'll know some of them at least. So, And they usually go through them a little bit when they send you through training. Oh, okay. I was hoping for an easy answer. So could be like, That's what we're doing <laughs> this year. Yeah, um, we we'll always have to look up Utah things. Yeah, I guess. I want to talk. I know you guys have had some siblings where you've found. How did. Um, I don't even know how to say this. Some of my favorite vlogs of your guys is, is when you kind of talk about reuniting with siblings or finding you have a favorite them. story that I'm that's sure what there's I was trying all, to go for what's your favorite like what's like I'm sure it's hard to pick just one but your best, maybe you can but. each think of a story that comes to mind first how about that one that's been particularly meaningful to you as of late so I actually have one and it just happened like two a week and a half ago so just barely um we have a boy named Alex and he came to us I mean, his story is a little confusing, but he was in foster care since he was three years old and he didn't come to us till he was 12. And he had had an older brother and a younger sister, but they had gotten adopted when they were little and when he should have been adopted. But unfortunately, he kind of slid through the cracks. So he had, but he had all these memories of his brother, his older brother, and, and just always talked about him. So we had tried to, we had found out like who had adopted the brother about a year ago. And we reached out to the family. We reached out to the brother in particular on his Instagram, no response, no anything. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I just all of a sudden got this weird feeling like try one more time. So I tried again and his brother messaged me back and he said, I would love to meet you guys. And we happened to be going down to an area where his brother was. So we didn't know how to tell Alex. And I was a little nervous to tell him because sometimes the brother could back out or there just could be so many things that happened. But it's a really emotional thing. Yeah. So I waited till about like we were leaving to meet the brother and, and the whole thing is on our vlog and it's called brother reunited after 14 years. So he hadn't seen his brother in 14 years. And the second I told him like, Hey, I have a surprise for you. We're going to go see your brother. I found out where he was instantly. Alex just started 
crying and crying for a while. And, and I said, well, you have 40 minutes to kind of get your thoughts and feelings together and let's go meet him. And then seeing him and meeting his brother and just seeing how similar they were and how the bond was still there after even 14 years was just like the most incredible vlog and moment that I've ever captured on camera and the most incredible moment that I've ever seen in person. Wow, man, that's, that's so special. I just can't imagine. I just think of our little boy, he's three. I can't imagine. I mean, I could, I could imagine him completely remembering like his best friend, like Dallin's his best friend after 12 years. And then, and the just, brothers were four and five when they got split yeah. up. You guys and like working with sibling groups and children who have like been separated from the parents and things must like, I'm curious to hear your insights and then we'll get to your guys' story. I haven't forgotten yours, but I'm sure you have many. Um, I'm curious to hear you guys insights on, I don't know how to exactly ask it, but like the bond, like you said, the bond, even though they haven't hadn't seen each other for a long time, like there's something eternal, something very special about the like sibling bond. And um, then even and, just and creating that in your own family, like creating a new family. And like how important that is for, for your like self-confidence, for your development, like, and how much, how meaningful that is to these siblings versus like the ones who, who might have been split up. Like, can you talk towards that a little bit? So I think one of the saddest things that you'll see in foster care, if you choose to do it, is in most cases, if there is a sibling group, in most cases, those siblings are actually parenting other siblings. So you'll have, you know, an eight-year-old taking care of a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. They're doing diaper changes. They're doing meals. They're basically running the household their parents are nowhere to be found. They're either doing drugs or something else. And it's really sad, but you get these kids and their entire life, their sibling has been their parent. And so imagine having that, that parent, you know, child relationship, but it's, it's so much more than a brother sister relationship because that, that person has been protecting you, has been feeding you, has been putting you to sleep. Um, and so you, you get these kids in your home or they get split up and they completely lose that whole aspect of their life. And it's really difficult. And I think too, like not even just, I mean, after not seeing each other for 14 years in this particular case, even their mannerisms, the way they talked with their hands and just, wow. and you can see it in the video that it's like, it's almost, I don't know if it's a genetic or if it's just that, that internal bond that was always there, even after 14 years never went away. So I think that that's a huge piece of who they are and a huge piece of their heart. Man. Okay, uh, you guys, did you have a, a particular meaningful experience come to mind? I don't know if I can handle another one. <laughs> <laughs> we are actually going through one right now. Okay. So, oh, I know this um, one. we have been trying to get one of our adopted sons, older sister, for about four or five years. And when we first took in Jacob, we knew he had a sibling. Um, she was in a placement that was already an adoptive placement. So it, it was not an option. And she was with their, their sister as well. Um, but the bond between Jacob and Nicole was always very, very strong. Um, and it's hard because I know when we first visited her and we had a little sibling visit, we both, Shelly and I both had this feeling that she was supposed to be ours. Yeah. Well, I hugged her and it made me almost cry instantly. And then 
we got into the car and Jared was, he was kind of crying. And I was like, why are you crying? What's going on? And he's like, I hugged her and I had this overwhelming feeling that she was supposed to be ours. And then I just started crying. I said, I had the exact same thing going on. So, but we said, what are we going to do though? She's already being adopted out. Like there's nothing we can do. Well, that adoption placement didn't work. And they didn't call you. They didn't well, they, call It's us. not that they didn't call us. She actually ran away. She did. Um, and she disappeared for probably a little over a year. She was how oh, old? Yeah. Wait, how old was she? She was 13. 13, oh, 14. My, my heart just hurts. So she was found again about a year or so later. Um, and she went back into care. And I believe she was pregnant at the time as well. She was. Um, and did we find her at that point? We did not. Again? No. We didn't find her again until her baby was born. Um, like I had an idea, an idea of like kind of where she was, but I, I didn't know how to contact them. And DCS was giving me no information. So, And eventually we did get a hold of the, the foster placement she was in. And it was another adoptive foster home who was also interested in her daughter. Um, so again, not really an option for us to try and take her in because she's already in a home. Mm -hmm. But um, we would still do sibling visits as much as we could. And Jacob would just cry all the way home. Oh, big time. Um, well, just, what was it, six months ago, we reconnected with her again. Um, and we actually had her brought out to our home for a, a visit. And it went so incredibly well. Um, she's in a group home now for teen moms. She's turning 18 soon. So it fell through again. They adopted. We're trying. Or no, her, her other, the other adoptive Yeah, family. that one fell through again. That one fell through. Well, that adoption home fell through, yes. Yeah. So, but she's doing really well. Um, her daughter's not technically in foster care. She has full custody of her daughter. That's awesome. And she's doing really well. Um, and we just want to be there for her and be her family because she has nowhere to go when she turns 18 in just a few months. So we've been trying for the past couple of months to get everything in order to bring her into our home, um, her and her daughter, and make her part of our family. Wow. So, and it's been a fight, so, because we're just, getting a lot of resistance. I feel like I'm in church right now. Like, there's this overwhelming, sacred feeling to what you guys are talking about, just bringing families together and creating a home for these wonderful kids who don't have homes. It just, like, I feel like it's just a beautiful thing is the overwhelming feeling. It I, really is a beautiful I thing. I think though. we're all crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if there was any way, anybody who is considering adoption whatsoever, I mean, this is the way to go. It really is. Is it easy? No. <laughs> it's, it's, everybody can confirm. It is not an easy process. But it is so worth it. Mm -hmm. So beyond worth it. What do you say to people who have the fear or the, or just like the idea that they don't, they won't feel as much of a connection to an adopted child versus a, versus a. I know we have that. Like we've thought about it and it's hard to imagine. Like I've never felt what I feel for my children, for, for someone, for just other children or like, it's, it's a scary feeling. Like I want to feel that for a child if I adopted them, but I, I don't want to be in a position where. I, you don't I feel don't. as connected to a, like adopted child versus a child that you birth uh, on your own. Have you ever met somebody in life or, or come across somebody whose light wasn't on? Do you know what I mean by that? Just kind of 
Um, I guess I, I think I know what you mean. Like there's kind of no reaction or there's kind of no, like they just stare off blankly. They almost seem like they don't have a soul behind them. Like they're moving, they're, they're doing everything, but their actions, their words, their responses, they don't, they're just not there. Uh-huh. Have you ever, have you ever come across that? Yeah. Okay. So foster care is the most amazing thing and adoption. So you start doing foster care and you get your first placement and there's a lot of times where that child's light is not on. And so you, you have this person in your home. You're, you're not sure how you're doing it. You're getting through it. You're, you know, providing their needs, whatever. And then suddenly that light comes on. And that is literally the best feeling you will ever feel. Cause it's like somebody's soul coming into their body and they're alive. It almost kind of feels like giving birth in a lot of ways. And I know a lot of people are like, how do you get, you know, it is different or is it different than your biological kids? And it's really not when you give birth and you go through that whole experience and you get to hold your baby for the very first time. It's a very similar process in foster care. It just looks different. Mm -hmm. It just, it's a different process, but it feels the same. And when you look into that child's eyes and they look back at you and you just instantly fall in love, you have those moments in foster care. You have those with your adoptive kids. And it's just this incredible, I don't know, you can't, it's hard to even describe. In our family, we don't even celebrate gotcha days. They call it a gotcha day when you get adopted because they just are your kids. They don't feel like they're adopted. It's not like that. It's, it's if you, as if you gave birth to them for sure. For you guys, was it, was it an, with all of them, was it an instant connection or is that how you knew it was a good placement because you had this instant Mm, bond or was it? No, I think it was different for each kid. For each one. For sure. Some of them, it was instant. And then some, it took, you know, a couple months before you really, truly felt that unbreakable bond. Yeah. And one isn't better than the other. No, no. Yeah. That's, that's so special. That's really cool to hear. And I, and it makes sense. Like I remember seeing our kids for the first time and it was like, yeah, although like I did create it, um, or at least begin the process of creating it. Um, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you, it's like, uh, you still have to get to know them, you know? And like, that was my biggest shock having a baby. I thought when I looked and maybe I'm just weird, but I thought I would feel all the feels when I looked at my baby and I did feel so much love, but I didn't feel about my baby as I feel about them. Like one year later, like it, it's a relationship that grows even like with my own kids. Yeah. Yes, and that's the same, same as foster care. That's cool. And something like probably just right along with what you guys are saying, um, I heard something that was really like meaningful and eye-opening to me is how Jesus' dad was, uh, well, Jesus was like, God trusted Jesus to an adopted father, Joseph, you know? Did I say that to you one time? Uh, I read it in a book. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I shared it to you. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in... um, Dads Who Stand Up and Fight by Greg Trimble. He talks about that, and it was just really eye-opening to me. That's really good. Yeah. So true. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. Um, so Dallin and I are technically, well, I mean, compared to you guys, we're kind of new parents. We have two kids. Our oldest is three. Our younger one, our little girl is 18 months. So we're kind of in the thick of it. And I know a lot of our followers are in the thick. Well, you guys are in the thick of it too, but we're in the thick of the early stages. Just everything's new. And we're like, what? you guys have a, what's your youngest age in both so of your families? My youngest is three. 
Okay. Is five. And oh, then so before. And then your <laughs> oldest is how old are your oldest oldest? Twenty six. Twenty six and twenty five. Twenty five. Okay, so yeah, big spectrum. So I wanted to ask, like, looking back on on you guys years ago, what would you say to yourself? The like, give your what advice would you give yourself as parents of a new baby, and then as parents, like first time parents of a child, like a child aged kid, and then of a teenager. So we can start with if you could talk to your old self, what would you tell them about like advice for parenting a new baby? So a new baby, Shelly actually gave me my best advice that I ever get. <laughs> she doesn't know what I'm going to say. So I did. she's looking at me. <laughs> so when I first had my first baby and I got that book um, where you can see all their milestones and what they're going to do that month and what they're going to do the next month. And, and I was so fixated on this book and I was like, oh, she's going to be, you know, eating her first food soon. She's going to be crawling soon. And I, and Shelly sat me down one day and she was like, crystal. She's like, I did the same thing with my first baby. And I have to tell you what you're doing wrong. And I was like, what am I doing that wrong? Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, you're always looking for the next moment, but you're not enjoying the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge eye opener for me because I was like, you're right. Like I was always looking, what is she going to do next? What did, but I was missing the moment that she was doing currently. So if you have a new baby, enjoy every single moment because it goes by so fast. Wow, that's a really good advice. Wow, that was good of me. <laughs> See, well Shelly? <laughs> Anything you guys, you would add to that or is that your best advice too? It was technically your advice. It was technically. That's true. <laughs> no, I would just reiterate it. I mean, that's, that's perfect advice because you can get lost in looking for the next step. It's very easy. Yeah. And, it, and those steps are so short. They, they are. They really are. Uh, and we've already seen yeah. ours go through steps and there's, they say things in a cute way then they learn the right way to say it. And I'm like, like the oh, opposite, it's gone. I feel like though. <laughs> like my issue was I would just cry all, I probably, had, things that I probably had a little, I was very bluesy, but I would just cry all day being like, maybe this is the last day that this will happen. Aww. And town would be like, come on, they're going to start sleeping soon. I think the yeah. other thing is like, just don't sweat the small things. I think when I first started out, I was really just concerned about, things that oh the things that didn't matter and i don't know now been doing it for so long i just feel so different like i just don't get worked up Ashley and i were talking about matter. that like we were uh, over at the big party um everybody listening will probably have already heard the or seen the video or we'll see it soon of all the families getting together so many kids in the same house and making food together and like multiple adopt adopting families there and like we were upstairs talking and all the kids are downstairs Ashley and i we're driving home. We're like, they were not concerned at all about like all the kids downstairs and not even being monitored. And we're, we're like always hyper aware of or what like George and James are new doing. Parents of two babies. And we're you have always little ones. Like, yeah. Helicoptering I said that. I was like, maybe when they're five or six or seven, they can be trusted in a room alone. Yeah, they were all and I think our situation is a little bit different because we do have older kids to yeah. help us with the younger kids. So would you say that it's mainly that they're older now or that you just aren't sweating the small stuff or a little bit? And of I don't want to like paint both. the picture. Like the kids were not being like, they're no, they weren't being neglected. They were all the same. Yeah, they were watching TV, but I'm always like, down, go check, make sure they're breathing. Or go down, yeah. go check, make sure. I'm guessing I'm just, that wears actually, off Shelly by the time. Shelly was like that with her first and didn't even want anybody else to hold her. 
don't touch her, don't look at her, don't, yeah, don't breathe her. on her. Yeah. And <laughs> I would actually. sleep with my hand on her back just to make sure she was still breathing. Uh-huh. It's so. such a learning process though, like yeah. being a new mom. I think it's fine. I think you should honor your feelings. That's and if true. they kind of temper out, then that's great. But just honor them when you have them. I'm glad to be to this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you seem really, like really relaxed, and um, and the kids don't seem like they're hurting because of it. No, they, they were so seem happy. like they're better because of it. Anyways, okay, so let's move on to the child's. The, we can, what, I don't next know stage. if child's like a hard stage. Like I was thinking, like up to ten and or up to teenager, and then teenager. But if you want to like meld the two together, I've never had That's, either of them. So that middle stage is so fun. That's like the That's best my favorite stage. one. Yeah, really? they're so sweet. It's just so good. But when they hit teenagers, that's a whole other story. Give us your teenager <laughs> advice. I'm in the middle of it. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I don't, I don't know. That one. Somebody well, give we me joke advice. around. So Crystal's got. I think more the teenager. I don't know, like, like my teenagers just have little attitudes and then they roll their eyes and you're like, what is going on with you? You Are you ever like, I, like, I still feel like a teenager in my heart. Kind of, I don't feel like a mom or like a grown up lady. Is it weird to, to see these teenagers and be like, I'm you like, come like on. I'm in guys. charge of you. Yeah. Cause I remember that stage. So I don't know. Like yet I they just feel, feel you don't understand. Yeah. Yet they're <laughs> like, you don't understand this stage, but I'm like, I was there not too long ago. I swear. That's well, funny. I'm lucky I have easy teenagers, but I have five little kids that are so hard. Yeah. They're so hard. Well, two of them are special needs and, um, just don't understand, but yeah. Our little ones are definitely difficult. I would say my big or my advice with teenagers or something that I know that has helped me is communication and keeping the lines of communication open and listening to all the little things, because then when something big comes up, they're willing to come to you and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And and I try to. When all of my kids, you know, come home from high school and they're like, oh, let me tell you about this boy. And they go on this long rant for, you know, an hour about it. I just sit and listen to every single word because then when something big has happened, they are coming to me and they're saying, oh my gosh, I had the worst day. I don't need you to fix it. I just want you to hear what I went through today. And being open with them (laughs) in those ways has really helped our relationship grow and not be hindered as the teenage attitudes continue. (laughs) That's so good. I hit, I like smacked down when you said that. We've been going to marriage counseling every week. That's Um, what we're learning too. And he just taught us like, when someone's talking to you, you don't need to fix it. You just need to hear it and listen to, to listen it. and affirm them and validate them whether or not you agree you validate. yeah that's <laughs> what teenagers need <laughs> so take awesome. notes because your kids will be there soon yeah especially with teenagers too because they don't handle criticism very well at all so if you Does lecture anyone? too much or criticize on any of the actions they're taking they're going to stop talking to you so you want to keep those lines of communication so you basically open. like let them let them learn for themselves unless they ask you for advice Dylan? Yes, I'm a firm believer in let them learn for themselves. Unless it's something that's going to change their what future. Was Dylan had a st- yeah. You were telling me a statistic, st- statistic the other day. Um, I don't know who said it to you, but it was like 80%. Of, like, it was our therapist. He said oh. like 85% of problems are solve themselves by just expressing how you feel about it, expressing your emotions and talking about it. And you basically solve your own problem. Just if you're able to express it to somebody who's able to validate you Rather, not just try to shut you down or just like try, try to fix, fix it you. for you. 
And I feel like that's where the teenagers are. I feel like when they come and they can rant and vent to me and then they're like, oh, I know. And I know how to fix this. And is I'm it good. like that more often than not? It is. Yes. That's I would really, say 85% of the time. It's so I'm like great. backwards from how you think it would be, especially as a parent. You're like, I want to fix this for you. But like, <laughs> it seems like, yeah, the 85% apparently is the study, the statistic that solve it themselves if they can just express themselves openly. That's cool. That makes sense. I wanted to ask one final question. Are we good on time? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask one final question. I know you guys, like you have a lot, a big family. You've been married. How long have you been married, Shelly and Jared? 12 years. 12 years. And then how long have y'all been married? 16 years. 16 years. So what's like, what's your guys' secret sauce to keeping like the connection alive to staying best friends amidst that's like Dallin and I, that was our big struggle. I'm just so admiring. I'm just at, like, I admire you guys for being strong as couples, like with so many kids, like we've been through so many struggles with just two kids. Well, we found <laughs> like, like we had a great relationship before our babies were born. We just kind of found after they were born. We're just learning how our new relationship is after kids. Our know? old relationship was based so much on having fun together and doing big things together. And then we had these babies who we love. We just didn't, we kind of like lost. Kind of have to rewrite we your relationship a little bit or just with babies. Your family works now. So what's your guys's? I think ours is just that we spend as much time together that we can just by ourselves. We take like little mini dates, whether we just go to lunch. Oh, talk or, about that. How does yeah. that work with so many kids? Teenagers. You're in school. <laughs> You're in school. Oh, there we go. That's just a different world once they start going to yeah. school. That's cool. You really cool. can't lose that fun part of your marriage though. You have to make the time for it. Uh, whether it's getting a babysitter and giving up a little bit of that paranoia about your newborn, whatever the case is, you have to make that time for just the two of you away from your kids. That fun part that you were talking about, mm -hmm. you have to keep doing that. Don't stop. Yeah. You may not get it as much, right. but you have to still do it. So you guys went on mini dates during the, the day. Time. What else? Um, we're best friends. That's so cool. So you have to... I think we communicate. communicate. We communicate really well together. Really we have well. to to work together. Yeah. yeah, we actually get up and do like a top six. We call it every single morning, and we sit down oh, together. Talk about that. And um, we just write out what we have to do. What can we do together? When can we get away for the day? We just plan it. It's just six things that you know. There's likely going to be six things you need done, or there are like six different things. There, like topics. There are, they're like our top priorities for the day. Your big rocks. Yeah. yeah, your big rocks. Exactly. You probably know what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. Like if you have a bunch of sand and some big rocks, you have it in a bucket. Um, if you put the sand in first, you'll never fit those big rocks, but they're your top priorities. You put the rocks in first and then you pour in the sand and it all fits so in So six day. is your magic number. I don't yeah, know why. I don't know why. It just is. <laughs> it's usually six at least. Yeah. Top six. Okay. Each, your favorite number each seven. Each of you get three. So. <laughs> I think it's because you have like five things and then you can just add one more to it. It's okay. <laughs> there we go. And one of those you said is usually something that like you want to do together. Yes. yes. That's a priority. Always. Yeah. Every day. Huh. That's yeah, awesome. every day. I like that. I, I try and six. do it with you in the morning. We've never. I'm always we're, like, we're what, do you need, what are your big things? Together. And then I just list mine and then we just do mine. We're working on that. That's I really think good. another thing that helps me is if I get upset, Jared will just sit me down at a table. He usually excuse all the kids. He'll take my hands and then he just wants to talk. And it's so hard to fight with somebody if you're holding hands. So that works for us. That's good. Wow. Mm. Good listener, Jared. 
I try to be. <laughs> he does well. Jared's so nice. I can vouch for him. <laughs> I watch his vlog. Okay. Well, what about you guys? For us, it's, um, I mean, Crystal and I, we've had some issues in the past. Um, and we went to counseling like you guys. I feel and like it's like school for marriage. I feel like every week we, we say this all the time. Everybody, everybody should go. Every to week counseling. we go, we're like, why did someone tell us this? <laughs> like before we got married. Yeah. Right. We got married at such a young age that I don't feel like we really like knew who we were. And so as we were really growing up together when we were first married. And I think that there was a lot of things that we didn't learn as individuals. We have very different backgrounds, different religion backgrounds, different. He was, it was just him and a brother and I grew up in a big family. And so we just were raised so differently. And so it took us a long time to really figure out who we were individually so that we could come together and be the best us together. We've really come to figure out that being married doesn't mean you're like the same person. And I think that was yes. something we were trying to be. Our first, I mean, we've only been together five years, but the first couple of years, we thought that's what success, a successful marriage looked like. like you do every single thing together and, and you love the like same thing. Venn diagram, like two circles overlap like completely, you know, but it's still like, there's a little bit overlapping in the middle and then there's still you and there's still the other, the spouse, you know? So it was really hard for us to feel like, like fulfilled as separate people. And it was hard for us to bring happiness to our marriage when we were feeling like, we like we're not afraid to say, I need some alone time right now. And I won't take it personally. The other person's like, you don't want to be with me. You know, so like, like we, uh, we get ourselves centered so that we can be more for the other person when we are together. Or at least we're working on it. We're working on that. <laughs> me down at our therapist are working on it. Problem, problem resolution, um, was our <laughs> biggest thing. We, when we had problems, we were solving it in different ways, not together. And so it took a little bit for us to learn to communicate and then solve those problems together and not try to solve it individually. Because if you solve it individually, then the other person may not be happy with the solution and, and it just causes a rift and it causes a problem. So how do you go about doing that? That's good stuff. <laughs> Marriage counselor. <laughs> 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 well, I think our, yeah, I mean, along those lines, like I would, or he would think that something was solved and I would just kind of bury it, but then it was always kind of there. Yeah. So I think now what we try to do better is we call each other out in the spot. Like if he hurts my feelings in some way, like I try to right then say, Hey, that really hurt my feelings. Obviously if we're in a setting where we can't talk about it right then, like, let's talk about that tonight, you know, when we have some time to us, but, and then I think just expressing that and validating the other person's feelings that it may not have come off like he was trying to hurt my feelings, but it really did hurt my feelings. And he needs to validate that everybody feels differently and everybody has a different sensitive level. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm super sensitive. So I think that <laughs> that's taken him a little bit to get used to that part of it. The other thing we learned a lot is just really not only validating each other, but also remembering that because we come from such different backgrounds that it's okay that we can feel different about certain situations and that it we can still come together and be one in a marriage and still feel differently about a situation mm -hmm. that's so. really good because like um some people are inclined to believe i was inclined to believe that if she sees something differently than me then we must not be a good fit or it must be like we like married the wrong people or something but it's just we're two different people, two different backgrounds, and that's okay. Like, 
Have you ever taken like a love language test? That's a big part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're learning to speak each other's love opposite. languages. <laughs> yeah, we're the opposite. Yeah, opposites on everything. Like, that was really eye-opening for yeah. me. Yeah. No, we yeah. loved that book by Gary Chapman. That's we went on a date the other night and Ashley just leaned over and kissed me. Mine is obviously physical touch. And I was just like blown away. I was like, oh, well, hi. Yeah. Like, welcome well, back to our dating Well, I did it because I was thinking of your love language. Yeah, and it just meant so Aww. much to me. And, um, and and I totally wouldn't even need that from Dallin. Like, yeah. I would just want him Although to talk to me. Although I give it to, to her me. all the time. Are you time spent? A quality time and like quality acts time, of yeah. service. And, yeah. It's a hard thing to mess exactly together. That's exactly ours are. Yeah. And he's like words of affirmation. And I'm like, why would I even say that? Like, don't say that to me. Like, if it's real, you'll show it or something. Yeah. Aaron yep. definitely needs the gold star and the affirmations. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me because I don't need gold stars, but I'm like, definitely need Yeah. And you just kind of feel weird saying it when you're, yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, to me, it's just like, why wouldn't you, it just feels good to be told it affirming words. It's eye opening to realize how foreign a different love language is for Like I thought, like I didn't even think of love languages before I knew about them. And I, it's so hard to do one that isn't your own. It just feels like you have had, I've had no practice with, with the other ones. Well, you did a good job. Thank you. Well done. (laughs) Okay. This is all really good stuff. So I want to do one more question. What's like, what's your secret sauce to, to bringing your family together? Like, do you have a ritual? Do you do something every night? Do you do something once a week? What's your way of like, of just like making your family stronger or, or getting in tune with all of your kids or something that we do. I mean, with the sports and school schedules and everything we have going on, it's really hard to get everybody together at the same time. But we try to figure out a time that works best, whether it's in the morning, like right before they get on the bus, or if it's after school, um, as soon as they get home from sports. But we try to sit down with the kids and we call it our roses, our thorns and our buds. So what we do is we go around to each child and we say, okay, what was your rose for the week? What was something really good that happened to you? What was a thorn? What was something that you didn't enjoy or something that bad happened? And then what their bud is, what are they looking forward to? What are they hoping blossoms into something amazing? And I think just kind of reiterating, reiterating all of that. And I think sometimes just from one like day to two days later, those things completely change. Mm-hmm. So to kind of keep up on how they're feeling and just what they're looking forward to is, has helped us grow stronger. That's cool. great. Yeah, that's so good. Do you guys do that too? We don't. Um, do you say our best way is? Um, I'm not sure, actually. What we do is more focus on the individual. We do. We have a um, lot of one-on-one time. We do a lot of one-on-one time. Oh, talk about that. Um, How do you it, make that work? It's difficult to schedule sometimes, but every week we try and set aside at least an hour or two or three or four. <laughs> you guys sound like you have a really detailed Google calendar or something. Do you we have do. like a we big do. calendar at your house or is it, all, is it a shared Google it's, calendar? It's a Google calendar. There yes. we go. It's Ash. pretty detailed. Google but, calendar. Um, Mm-hmm. Well, it was cozy for a while, which is another calendar. Yeah, we just we're transitioning that. to Google. So. Okay. But um, it's important to us to maintain relationships with each child. And in those one-on-ones, we talk about like things that they need and what's going on in your life. It's a good way for us to catch up and make sure that their needs are met and that they are feeling emotionally full, mm-hmm. yeah. which is really important. 
Do you do love languages with your kids? We yes. Do. Yes. Absolutely. How do you figure that out? Like, what's there's your, a test that you take online for kids that they do or you do? They do. That oh, they okay. Do. Yeah. It's a little. It's a shorter test, so it's not really comprehensive. Works a lot. I mean, if you want to do your teens, it's better to use the adult one. Mm-hmm. Um, on your younger kids. It's but a just little, knowing our kids, you know yeah. which one is which. Oh, yeah, true. And the one-on-one time really tells you what they need because they'll mm-hmm. react differently to what you do, whether it's physical touch or the quality time seems to work on everybody because they all need that. Everybody yeah. needs that. So, But um, we don't necessarily do anything specific every week with the whole family, but on the individual we really focus on just to make sure that the individual needs are met. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Okay. My one last question is, uh, we haven't talked much about YouTube, but you guys both have like big YouTube channels. That's so cool. And I'm curious to know because like it is a sensitive topic sometimes to showing like adoption and meeting siblings. I'm curious how you balance that and protecting like their privacy and their feelings with, uh, having a YouTube channel. We let them tell us what's yeah, okay. They tell us when I figured ready. that's probably the only way to do it. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you kind of like, what did you ever, so I'm guessing um, like with surprises, do you surprise them with some things or like, like we're going to meet your sibling or is that kind of like a big thing to surprise them with? So we've always said from the very beginning to all of our kids, if at any time you don't want to be filmed or if we even film something and you and don't, don't feel like comfortable it. with it, mm-hmm. we delete it. Well, we I guess don't do that footage. Like with your son, it could have just become a, a family movie, like a, fa- a family memory that you captured if they ever came. Like it would be something if you weren't a vlogger and you were just a, a normal mom, it would be something you'd want to record anyways. And if they ever say you know what, like, let's not make a video out of this one, then you would just keep it for yourself, I feel like. Exactly, and that's we, exactly what we do. Yeah, yeah, we both have a lot of footage of just things they don't want to That's tell what I was going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you have a lot of footage that just keep sacred to yourself. It's like the Lost podcast where Dallin and I get in huge fights when we're trying to podcast. Those <laughs> just go into, like, their own separate I'm form. showing oh. our therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and with some of the kids, too, I always have them rewatch the vlog prior to that's uploading great. it. Yes. And see how they feel about it, how they react to it. Because they have to go to school too and their friends, a lot of their friends watch our YouTube channel and I don't want them to ever get made fun of or for someone to say something rude to them. So I always want them to know what's in the vlog and if they feel comfortable or not, or we can take out parts or it's kind of a family thing and we all do it together. Have you guys ever had um, like a family contact you and say, because of you guys, we've started like, the foster care system a lot a lot time, yeah. wow that's cool that's probably yeah, mo- one of the most that. rewarding that's, parts of your of being a youtuber is that meaningful to your kids to know like that they've maybe helped out another kid yes yeah. absolutely a lot of them say they're going to be foster parents when they're older yeah I think that's all funny. of them. I don't yeah. think there's any. Almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex just shared like his foster care and adoption story. And he came to me and said, Hey, I really want to film this. And this is what I'm thinking. And I know there's other kids that are going through foster care that could see this video. And this is the message I want to send to them. And I thought how powerful that even our kids at a, a young age are realizing the impact that they can have on other people. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's so neat. Man, okay. Well, what's what's next for you guys? Are you do you plan on more, or is that something you don't really plan? It just happens. Like, what's next? No, we're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, we're, done. <laughs> we're still trying to get Nicole. Yeah, yeah you're done. There's still like another one coming. 
Yeah. We've said that so many times. So, it really so really there were so many times where I came home from work and Shelly's like, oh, you have another son. Did you meet your new kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, good. I another one. That happens. And I would, I would sleep during the day and then I'd wake up and I'd come down and Crystal's <laughs> holding this baby and we had a baby while you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Because they just, they just bring them to you, right? Like yeah, if you accept do. a placement. Yeah. Wow, man, that is so different to me and, it, and that's just so admirable that's so awesome yeah thank you guys so much again for joining us and i'm sure everybody listening is like i felt like the special feeling of what it means to be like a foster parent and how like the changes you guys are making in the world and and magnifying that through your youtube channel it's really really cool so thanks for joining us again you guys thanks for having us thank yes. you so much yep. if you want to see more of shelly and jared their youtube channel is crazy middles if you want to see more of crystal and Aaron, they are crazy pieces, but if you watch any of them, you're going to see all of them because they hang out all the time. We're together all the time. <laughs> we do a lot of vlogs together. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And how often do you post? I post Tuesday through Saturday. We're as daily as we can. As daily as you can. Yeah. There's no schedule. Wow. That is awesome. That's daily cool. is hard. We tried and we never got there. Our fans are all like, whatever. Like when we say, you're we're not going, going daily, daily this month, they're like, no, I you're think not. We did like 30 days straight and that was so difficult yeah, we yeah. Miss a day. we've settled on three and we're able to manage three sometimes <laughs> most of the time 60 percent of the time every time okay well you guys we're gonna wrap this up thank you so much go check out the crazy middles and crazy pieces on their youtube channels and anywhere else they can find you instagram website facebook facebook, facebook yeah. of course okay and same names across all platforms yep. yes cool all right all right we'll talk to you later guys see ya